0: hello and welcome to the show gold squadron gays it's the podcast where two star wars loving gays break down each episode of their favorite star wars tv shows while also being gay as hell i'm your host bradley brower
1: i'm your other host charles rogers and bradley your sound is a little rough um that's my first note i just wanted to jump right into that bradley <laughs> sound is a little rough you want to tell us why
0: is it rough is it better
1: uh it sounds fine it sounds okay. fine I, I, I just want to throw this up there uh, just in case uh, anyone's like, why does Bradley sound just a tiny bit weird? His room is empty. He's moving again.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, Yeah. Well, once you take all the Funkos off the wall, it becomes a little echoey in here. And so that's why.
1: It's because you have <laughs> approximately 100,000 million Funkos.
0: Yeah. And they dampen all the sound. And it's really nice for my neighbors, but, you know, not for recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it? I feel like every time we go to start a new show. Like, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I moved the first week. After we started uh, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I had to true. record episode two of Obi-Wan Kenobi sitting on the floor of my closet on my iPhone.
0: You know, we just always have something going on during a new show. Like, whether it's moving during Kenobi or me going on a work trip for Andor, like, it's just, right? we're just like, you know what, why not? Let's just it's, do more things.
1: Yeah, it's like every time, every single fucking time, we have, like, a three to five week period. We're just both sitting here on our asses doing nothing. And the second there's a show we have to cover, it's like, oh. Well, oh, everything to now, decides yeah. to happen like i just started a new job like yep. as of recording the week the week that bad Bratch premiered uh, i had a new job which is part of why i didn't stay up to watch it uh was that i now have to wake up at 6:45 in the morning to go to work
0: i mean that's your that's your current excuse for why you didn't watch it that's the, my
1: current excuse
0: to be honest you just forgot about it.
1: Wow, way to call me out on the show, Bradley. <laughs> no, but it's, it's I genuinely
0: though, I also forgot about it.
1: Genuinely, I did forget about it. And I don't want to be like, um, oh man, the show's so forgettable, yada, 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 because I remembered it the night before. Right. I was like, oh, um, do I want to stay up and watch The Bad Batch? Because I'll be up till about 1 in the morning, and then I have to get up to 6.45, and I was like, no. Part of me being a responsible adult is picking which shows I actually want to stay up for. And I no. can wait a little bit for bad batch woke up the next morning went to work it was around lunchtime i pulled my phone out and i saw people tweeting about the bad batch i was like oh right the bad batch aired i completely forgot about that
0: Um, right I mean I even even remember last time during season one like I would forget about it but like or I would know it's on in the morning but because it's so short you know I could watch it before I go to work or something you know what I mean like I don't have to sit there and devote a full hour plus to watching this show so it's okay to watch a little late or if you forget to watch it you know what I mean so that's why I like doing that
1: yeah and i might be able to even like to because i have an hour lunch break now like in the future uh, weeks there's one episode i can literally just watch it on my lunch break i can go in because it used to be i had a 45 minutes because i used to run in there immediately start playing the mandalorian this Mm -hmm. is when mandalorian season one was coming out i would run in there and like watch the mandalorian on my phone like i would start when break started and i would end when break ended right but this one's a little bit easier. Uh, do not ask me how I watched The Clone Wars Season 7 when it airs. Um, no one will like the the very, very unsafe answer that I will give for how I watched that when it aired. Uh, but it was not a good idea, and that was a bad choice. I, I have gotten more responsible and better about waiting to watch my Star Wars shows. I actually, I waited because normally I'll watch a show, and then I'll watch a show in my boyfriend when he's available. But... He was available that night, so I was like, oh, I'll just wait to watch it until I get home. And he actually, he watched it with me. So this is one of the few times that we watched a Star Wars show at the same time for the first time. Uh, He liked it. Uh, I... I had fun, but we'll get into my thoughts on the episode. Uh, don't worry, I'm not just going to absolutely rip it to shreds. I thought it was fun. Gotcha. But Bradley, do you wanna do you wanna go ahead and take us? How are we doing, Bad Batch? Because I know you have changed the structure again.
0: Right. So. I went back and listened to our old episodes of Bad Batch and I really liked the format we did where we just kind of casually talked about the episode as we went. We, I mean, we tried to stay, you know, mostly in order as we went through the episode, like, you know, how it happens, Uh, you know, where we casually talk about it. We don't have to go through every single, you know, scene by scene, plot by plot, you know, thing we can. We're going to go through a lot
1: of the bullet points. Uh, Right. we will not be as casual as Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi was like a final thought stretched out into 20 minutes.
0: Right. And this one, this will be a little bit easier. I'm just not going to give like a summary of every scene before we go into it, because it's just like, especially with a lot of this episode and the second episode, it's a lot of action. So it's really hard to dumb down you know, into little sentences like what's happening. It's just like they do this, they do this, you know. So I think with this one, we'll just kind of we'll do our best to just kind of uh break it down, but we'll we'll keep it light. We don't want to have I'm not gonna give you a disc scene by scene description every single time.
1: Right. We're just you can follow along with us in episode through the notes, but we're we're not gonna give the the recaps like we did with Obi Wan Kenobi and or we'll probably right. do I'm with gonna leave the Lorian. Which, incidentally, if if you were not aware, um, we are not going to be covering The Mandalorian. As it airs, we're going to be covering it as soon as we're done with Bad Batch.
0: Right, so, so we'll finish this, um, and then once we are done with Bad Batch, you can look forward to our coverage of The Mandalorian Season 3, which will be pretty much done by the time we start pretty much it, done so. by the
1: time we get started yep. yeah so because by the time we have our our bad batch retrospective episode yeah i think we'll it's seven episodes for... behind yeah it's like episodes behind yeah. on the mandalorian so well, bradley i think we've vamped long enough you want to take us into a bad batch episode one spoils of war I yep, mean, this episode Spoils of war was the first one.
0: Spoils of War, that's correct. Uh this episode, The Bad Batch, plans a risky heist. And uh Charles, what is one thing you liked about this episode and one thing you did not?
1: Oh, it feels so good to have that question posed to me again. <laughs> um I really like the action of this episode. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because there's not much to analyze beyond, oh, it was cool when the shot, when Hunter was hanging off the thing and you could see the ground yeah. slowly moving away behind him. It's really going to be hard to to pick a thing, a specific thing I disliked, uh, because the big thing I disliked about these two episodes... I kind of want to save that for episode two. Episode two gets hit with it a lot worse than episode one. Uh, so I'll actually put a pen in that. The thing I'm going to say related to episode two is going to be uh, extend to both of them, but I really want to talk about it there. What about you, Bradley? One thing you liked and one thing you did not.
0: I liked that AZ is back. I love that. Great little droid. Uh, love I love that wish they've, would...
1: they've put him to work like serving drinks at SIDS.
0: Yeah, I like that he's back. I don't like in the capacity that he's back i kind of feel like he works better if he were to just kind of stay be an unofficial member of the bad batch honestly i think that would serve the show a little bit better because i feel like that's the one thing the show is missing which is their droid companion right and that's something yeah we'll that get to everything that. has i didn't like the super quick screen time that feed genoa has feed Genoa. Uh, I, genoa i feel like I know what they're doing, and I just wanted more of her, I guess. I feel like it was just a little too quick of a introduction to have her in this. If you were going to do it that quick, I feel like it should have been more of like a hollow phone call or something rather than her physically being there like for three seconds of a scene. Like So, I don't know, that's just something I didn't like. I wish they would have done more of that, but that's like being nitpicky. That's not like a super detriment to the episode.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things like, it feels like she's gonna be important, but we don't know how important, so the scene is weirdly fast now, but when we go back, I'll, you know, I'll rewatch it, I'll re-marathon right. the whole season, and that scene might make more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright, well, I guess I don't have to wait for you to give me a summary, huh? Yeah, we, we can just, just kind of go right into it. Launch right into it. Um, so I actually I saw the first scene like months ago. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even the mention you said you saw us... the whole crab scene. The whole crab scene is is the scene they showed us at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim.
0: Oh, okay, um, interesting. I wonder why. Like just because
1: it's the opening scene. It's a really beautiful scene, beautifully animated. You know, water is one of the hardest things to animate. So <laughs> when they're animating them, you know, running through the surf, that that had to yeah. take a lot of work.
0: I was gonna say because to we're so uh, as a culture we're so obsessed. With the way of water right now, uh, and how it looks on screen. So fuck
1: off. Have you seen that movie? Fuck
0: no. I'm not gonna see that movie (laughs) until it's on Disney Plus. I will not be wasting my money. I'm sorry. I already spend a hundred dollars a year to have Disney Plus. I'm not about to fucking spend twenty five plus dollars to go see it in the theater because the ticket sales are way more expensive only because it's an IMAX. You know what I mean? Like I'm not about to do that. Sorry. Yeah. For a for a movie that's just gonna retread.
1: For once, Bradley and I are in agreement with each other. And I'm like. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it when it comes to Disney Plus.
0: Absolutely and sure.
1: And I can I can watch it. Oh, it just looks so pretty on the theater. It's it's care. an experience in the theater. I don't care. I don't care. The last one was a fishbowl movie and I learned my lesson with it. Yeah. Uh a fishbowl movie being the term that I have for a movie that is very pretty and that you can put on in the background with the sound off. Mm. Effectively a fishbowl. And I saw the trailer and I'm like mmm this seems like another fishbowl movie now i could be i could be wrong and it could be this deep and epic like exploration of the condition of being alive and imperialism and all of this stuff i don't know that and i don't care and i will find out when it comes to disney plus
0: yeah I'm, I'm just like not here for like another white savior movie i just don't care like oh lord, <laughs> you know what i mean like I just yeah the care. last
1: one was like oh christ not this again i i have concerns and again i know nothing about the plot right. but i have concerns that the next one's just that this current one's just going to be more of that i'm like i don't care i'll just go watch dances with wolves (laughs) it's fine i'll watch pocahontas it's not a great movie in my opinion but it's there and i can watch it
0: i mean my problem is that if not if 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 avatar 2 was the actual plot of pocahontas 2 then i would be totally down to see this (laughs) fucking movie i mean because for you out there if you guys want to watch it if you can, if you want to go watch it, I think it's on Disney Plus. Uh, you can go watch *Pocahontas 2*. It's great. It's when she goes to England, and it's awesome because she thinks that John Smith is dead, so she starts hooking up with another John Smith. Isn't that the John Smith great. that she
1: actually marries? Yes. In, well, so in what, history. He,
0: in, yeah, because what happens is she thinks John Smith is dead, so she starts dating new John Smith, and then she marries new John Smith, and then old John Smith is like, oh, "Just kidding, I'm not actually dead." And then she's like, "Oh, well, sorry, I'm already married to this one." And that. That's literally the plot, and it's amazing. And it's like I don't well, know historically if that's correct, but it's hilarious and animated.
1: It's been a while since we've had a good, completely tangent—the fuck off topic.
0: <laughs> we what are you talking about this? Is totally irrelevant to Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Christ. Uh, so I'm going to make some observations here on uh what I noticed, because I was sort of keeping an eye. I was like, let's keep an eye on these skin tones. And I know that the whitewashing is like deeper than the skin tone. It's in the, like, baked into the design of the character. However, I was just like, well, they said they did a little darkening. Let's see if they actually did it. My impression when I watched this first scene, because this one's pretty well lit, is that from when I watched it, Omega did look a little bit darker on the HDTV screen. Right. When I watched it on my computer, she looked pretty white. Mm. So it may be an issue of screen, whether or not she looks like she's been, had her skin darkened up a little bit to more closely match to Morrison. Right. Uh, tech to me looks just as bad. Tech is easily the worst defender. And it's a shame because he's my favorite character in these episodes. Mm. But I'm like, easily this man is the worst defender in in terms of his skin tone being way lighter than it should be. There's a couple of shots later on. There's a shot of Wrecker at the end, the way he's lit when he's standing in the shuttle at the end of episode 2 that to me, I was like that. Do that lighting. Because that worked really well. That looked a lot like like the clones from the movies. But mm, watching this opening scene, I was like, yeah, I could see where you maybe tried to darken Omega's skin tone a little bit, but it only really showed up on my HD TV, and I remember watching it at SWCA and noting that they looked a little darker so I guess it depends depend on what device you're using which is not right. great but that was my observation on uh, I don't know why tech just looks worse to me maybe I'm noticing it more ma- now than I was in the first season
0: mm, yeah it's you know how sometimes you don't notice things unless somebody points it out so somebody it's kind of one of those things out, right and then it's uh, like
1: oh
0: you're like I can yeah, see it. yeah
1: boy's a little melanin deficient there mm-hmm. yikes uh the music however is still good
0: you and this music i love this
1: fucking music <laughs> you do kevin, yeah look, kevin kiner is so fucking good at what he does he did the music for clone wars he's the music for rebels he does the music for extra history on youtube he's so good i love him and i love the music
0: well i love the crabs um i like the, the of course i love the crab design there you of go of course I think you love fun. the
1: crabs
0: uh, no, actually, I, I think they were really cool. I like it because they're that very colorful. Um, they almost reminded me of the crab from Moana, um, the character from Moana. He's like a giant crab and he's like purple. Tomatoa. That's right. The one voiced um,
1: by, uh, fuck me, Ger- 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 Jermaine Clemens, I think, voices him.
0: OK, well, thank God we're not a Disney podcast. Um, we're, but... we're,
1: technically, we are a Disney podcast. Disney will never true. hire me. True, but... true, true. true. Technically, we are a Disney podcast.
0: Um, but yeah, thank God we don't go through like the Disney movies. Can you imagine if somebody like did that? Christ. I mean, I'm sure there is a podcast out there. That I'm does sure that, there's but,
1: somebody know. who watches through the Disney movies. Oh,
0: for sure. For sure. Um, However,
1: I've been abundantly clear that if Bradley and I ever decide for some reason we want to do a limited series podcast that is not Star Wars, going to do a Teen Wolf podcast.
0: And every day it seems more fleeting because I am see like, honestly, aside from like Teen Wolf porn and fanfiction, I really don't care about Teen Wolf anymore. Like, it's, like, it's, that stuff still gets me sometimes, you know, if I see it on Twitter once in a while, but, like, I, otherwise, like, this movie... I thought you deleted Twitter. Out. I deleted my personal Twitter, yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, okay, so you kept the more used Twitter account.
0: Oh, yeah, well, everybody does that. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna delete my not personal Twitter, um, because how else am I supposed to look at porn? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what am I, a I'm, savage? I'm not gonna order it online. Like, <laughs>
1: I'm not gonna, I'm not
0: gonna pay pay for that I gotta pay for it oh god anyway uh another tangent of bad batch loves to bring us on um uh, oh I think gross. this is gonna be I think bad anyway, batch this season we're gonna be like tangent City because if, unless this absolutely. unless they do more than crabs on this we're not gonna get very far on this anyway
1: show. you should if you are financially able to you should support your favorite uh only creators and sex workers because absolutely um, God knows they need the money if you can financially do it uh we can't so I use Twitter Exactly. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck the crabs got us on.
0: <laughs> you know what?
1: We're really earning that E for explicit podcast. Labeling. You know that?
0: And I feel bad because sometimes we don't earn it. And so we need to. And then this we is our really, opportunity. We
1: truly <laughs> need to. Oh, Christ. <laughs> we earned it with Castle. Oh, and, and Castle Sex Toy will come back this episode.
0: <laughs> That's right. Which is great. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. but
1: uh, I do have to ask, though, uh, before we even get to uh, Castle Sex Toy, where's gone.
0: Yeah, see, this, where the so fuck now, is gonky? this is a probably a great segue into the droid talk because unless you have anything else for the beach, um,
1: uh, I don't. I, my question is, where the fuck is gonky
0: <laughs> Okay, because not in
1: any of the Marauder scenes. Yeah, AZI has been reduced to basically a cameo in these two episodes. Yeah, like, he's a waiter now. I, I had thought that AZI is a medical droid, so like maybe next episode we'll see him treating Tech's leg, but like gonky's mm. literally not there in any, any of these first two episodes.
0: And I'm wondering like, I feel like does every ship have a gonky? Like, or is this just like they just happen to have they one. just
1: happened to have a gonk droid. Okay. And yeah, that seems no, weird no Bradley, then. not every ship has a Gonk Droid. Only the best ships have Gonk Droid, which <laughs> is my segue uh to encourage people to listen to For Light and Dice, a Star Wars High Republic era TTRPG podcast, where we have a Gonk Droid. His name is Gonk. Clever. Gonk.
0: Gonkey is at least a little more clever. It's, you know, it's got the e in it. Uh, but
1: wait, you think Gonkey has an e in it?
0: No, I mean, like the sound E, like it has at least. E is right. a oh, oh
1: my God. We have to oh, move my on. God. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Jesus
1: <laughs> um, Lord in heaven. We so are
0: back, back to AZ. So I just watched the finale of season one. And then, you know, I watched this one. And I'm like, I, I was like confused when I was watching this because I was like, did they recover his body? But then I went back and rewatched it again. And I was like, oh yeah, Crosshair saves him or something. Like he literally sh- like grapples him and like pulls him back up to save. AZ and uh, Omega or whatever. And I was like, this is Good, because I thought Az just like a uh, randomly appeared in this episode. I was like, are they just like randomly writing him back in? Like he's not dead or something. But nope, he's. he's I was alive. confused. Yeah, he's uh,
1: super alive.
0: I like that he's back. um However, like I said, my complaint was, how is he not a not a not a permanent member of the team? But you know what I mean. Like he just needs to go on the adventures with them. He just needs to be there. You just want more Az. I
1: and yeah, I even if it's just if he's like on the ship and his thing was like to patch them up for medical things, that would make sense. Right, but I do feel like they sort of reduced him to a joke here.
0: Yeah. It's like, like he that. even
1: introduces himself. I am Azi. Like, yeah, we know. We, like we know I've heard some people say that maybe like, oh, it's supposed to be implying that he's
0: he's rebooted. Uh,
1: he's rebooted or mm. or he, he has some memory loss or something. But that's, you know, an extrapolation from very quick. Right. Quick thing. Uh, we meet new character Fee Genoa. Do we want to talk about who's playing Fee Genoa?
0: Voiced by the lovely one Skies, or Sykes?
1: I'm Wanda sorry, Sykes. Wanda I, Sykes.
0: That's autocorrect for you people. I wrote down, <laughs> I wrote down Sykes, and it re, it just says Sky next to her name, so that's why I messed up. Um, yes, Wanda Sykes, love her. Uh She's done voice work for like Ice Age. She was in the show Blackish. She's been on multiple movies and shows. Uh, I most recently saw her in uh, A Bad Mom's Christmas, which I definitely recommend if you want to watch Christmas movies. Uh, I, uh, I
1: I most recently out. saw her in Q Force. Um, oh, okay. Which I do actually on honestly recommend uh Q Force Marketed Really Badly. Shockingly good show. Interesting. Shockingly good show.
0: You know, we're not really ones to promote gay content on this show, but uh... it's not like it's in
1: the name or anything. <laughs> but she's uh she's a major comedy uh powerhouse.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, also a lesbian,
0: which makes her even better. Mm-hmm. Love
1: So that. we love that. Uh, I know there was some controversy over her character flirting with tech. Uh I don't care and also shut up.
0: <laughs> I actually kind of find it funny that she was flirting with tech only because it's like, I guess there's two jokes there. So the one is that he's the nerdy one or something. So it's like, why would she be attracted to him? The second joke is they all look the same because they're clones. So she singles him out as the most attractive of all of them. Even well, her thing is they not, look you know...
1: different. And yeah, she picks like the nerdiest one. Yeah, she I just find pick, it funny. Like Hunter or... Which would uh, theoretically yeah,
0: no. be the most attractive. No, she attractive. picks like the, the
1: right. biggest nerd. <laughs> uh, no, there's some controversy from like people are upset that somebody flirted with tech and people are upset that you know it was wanda sykes first appearance and it was flirting with a man and i'm like guys yeah, just I think because she's are... a
0: lesbian in real life doesn't mean she has to be a lesbian character like
1: i mean it would be nice if the character was like yeah, bisexual but... or something that would be awesome i i don't know if if i'm prepared to get super outraged about all of that that's, that's just me personally
0: right because well one she was barely on screen so yeah, what little super not information there. we don't we've know gotten, anything about yeah. her we she she all we know is that she thinks that tech is attractive. She we don't know that she doesn't think other people are attractive or that she is interested in other people. Like so we have no idea. So like this we know like, nothing we'll just leave it alone. We know
1: nothing. And Wanda is eating this roll up. Like, even just her little bit of screen time, she makes me right. so likable, but also kind of mysterious and, and a little bit rough. Yeah. Uh, like, clearly somebody who's able to to throw Sid isms at Sid, which I, I think like, is neat.
0: And I like that they're bringing in the, you know, the pirate character kind of into this, where I also feel like this could have just been Hondo Onaka if you just really wanted to have this character in there. So, one, I like that they're doing a new character, but two, I feel like, where is Hondo? Why isn't he in the show? Because it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, where is Hondo Onaka?
0: Why is he not? Well, one, why is he not this character? Not that I don't love Wanda Sykes in this role. I just, doesn't it feel like that would be easier for them to just kind of...
1: I wonder if there's something role. going on with Fijinwa that that's going to make sense why they didn't just use Hondo Onaka. Uh, because maybe, he, he fulfills yeah. a very specific role. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she's more authoritative than Hondo Onaka is. And yes, it mm-hmm. is important for me to say his full name every time.
0: I would really love them to do uh, maybe a pirate's lords storyline or something. Like she's the pirate queen and then like they all fall follow her or something like that you but know what i mean like something like that
1: uh yeah kind of like a talon card type character you yeah why not
0: i have no idea what that is but i'm gonna agree <laughs> You're with you because i feel like me. that's yeah i'm sure somebody knows what that is
1: uh returning cast members d bradley baker as the bad batch and captain wolko uh michelle ang is back as omega uh rhea Pearlman is back as sid and ben Diskin is back as AZI i3 in this episode so we'll just blow past them uh that's great love mm-hmm. to see them back uh, what did, was sid's helmet did sid have have a mandalorian helmet in the first season
0: i don't know if she had it in the first season but i definitely saw it in the background i so saw it I this like, time
1: and then i saw the clone trooper helmet she has a clone, face to clone trooper helmet now
0: interesting so maybe they're just she's just collecting things from their missions or something i don't know it's just
1: a tiny little thing i noted uh if it seems like we're spending a lot of time in this first half of the first episode just because where all the stuff i want to talk about happens
0: nice.
1: speaking of stuff i want to talk about uh we see the return of castle sex toy as yes our friends that- from the divas refer to it uh castle sex toy ribs for Sidious's pleasure that is a direct quote from Chris in their discord
0: I'm not stealing any more jokes from them that's disgusting I'm stealing all (laughs) the
1: what you you don't want uh you don't want me to bring over the milk bottle joke you don't need to know nor should you want to know what that joke is Bradley's desperately trying no. to work out in his brain whether or not what the hell the milk bottle joke could be. Go listen to Dark Side Divas if you desperately want to know. I'm not going to bring it up on this show. <laughs> I have self-respect. Yeah, we're, we see Castle Sereno is going to be the site of our heist, such as it is. Although it's not really much of a heist. It's more of we're going to sneak in and grab stuff and get out. Mm-hmm. There's no real heist rules because there's no real plan.
0: I, I was noting that in the episode because I was like, is it really a heist well i don't know i guess it technically is a heist but it's not because there's no plan they're just like we're going to infiltrate his castle and get a war chest but it's like what that's so generic it doesn't they don't tell you anything they're just here like, is that's the difference
1: it. here is the difference between a burglary and a heist sexiness <laughs> A heist is sexy. There's a plan. There's Mm -hmm. gadget. There's a team with conflicting personalities. Don't get along, but have to learn to work together to complete the job. A burglary is we go into a place and we steal some things.
0: Which is exactly what we did in this episode. Which is
1: exactly (laughs) what we did in this episode. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a burglary. It's not a heist. Right. It's a difference between, like, someone flirting with you on Grindr and being seduced by a really suave French man. Right?
0: Why you gotta be French?
1: Because the French accent is sexy, Bradley. It's that extra oomph to the situation. So they find out that the Empire has is like taking the war chest away from Dooku's castle, which I have two issues with. Issue number one is I hesitate to call this the war chest because uh, I don't know whether or not this was majority of the funds they were actually using. It seems like there's a lot more complicated banking stuff going on, and it's not just like Dooku had a bunch of valuables and was giving them away to space Amazon or whatever so he could get his space Amazon army. But also, like, it has been several months since the end of the war. Right? Why is this Empire just now getting to pulling all of Dooku's stuff out?
0: yeah because like wouldn't they do it literally either during or after the bombardment of the city that yeah, would you would do
1: it you I figure like when the war ends like literally the first thing you would do is send somebody to go get the stuff out of that if you're right. the republic, you know, you might return it to the people it came from. Whereas the Empire is like, no, we're just going to take it. But like, I do figure that would be one of the first things. And they don't send a lot of guys. They send like one battalion of troops and three transports to go haul it off.
0: That didn't seem very important. Yeah.
1: Why did we not do this before? And it's like, oh, it's sort of implied that they they they're making several trips. But in that case, it's like, well, why don't you just... Is this like the last trip? Right. Is this like the last one? And so the guard is reduced. The writing doesn't do a very good job of explaining why it's absolutely necessary that we go after the war chest right now. And also why the Empire has taken so long to do it. Okay, so I want to bring up my my biggest problem with these episodes. It's not the thing that I just liked because I want to talk about it in more depth. Mm. Is that it feels like, to me... Having gone back and rewatched the first season and having listened to the coverage on Jay guys and Jedi, who brought this point up, that the story arcs from from season one, i.e. Hunter is hesitant to do anything, Echo thinks they should be doing more, Omega feels like she's a burden to the team. None of these were really adequately resolved by the, the final few episodes of episode, of season one, so it kind of feels like we're doing them again. I see. Each, each season of TV normally feels like it has like different arcs for the characters. This one feels like we didn't bother to resolve these particular arcs in season one. So we're now doing them again. So when Echo, when Echo was having his whole thing of we should be doing more, yada, yada, yada. I literally turned to my boyfriend. I went, they, this is just the same storyline from season one. This is the same thing. They never resolved it. And we're just doing more of it. I don't know. That annoyed me with what should have been the heart of these episodes. It just feels like, oh, we're recycling this again.
0: Yeah, I almost wish that this episode had introduced a new storyline or concept for our Bad Batch, right? Like, I feel like the first season, you're right, was definitely like, oh, here's our our tropes that we all have. And then by the end of the season, we're done with these tropes. Like, we're now we're officially free people, essentially, and we can go fuck off in space and do whatever we want in season two. Season two, they're still like trying to stay away from the empire like i almost wish like they would just go fuck off to outer rim space and do other adventures that have nothing to do with the empire honestly because it's kind of like they need a reason i don't know maybe maybe i'm just like making up weird stuff and i just want to be a writer on this fucking show and not actually do any work but i think like Ah! yeah like, like let's just have them go do something else like i don't know like their reason why they need to escape the empire is like the only way to do that is to go to outer rim space or go to Uh, unknown space and have a new adventures or something.
1: Yeah. And this is the first we're hearing of like any sort of plan for them to disappear. Right. Is that they talk about, Oh, you could disappear if you get this war chest. And I'm like, wait, where did that come from? Like, is is that a new thing? Like, is that the thing we want to do is we're going to have to decide whether or not we want to completely disappear, whether or not we want to help the, what is probably a nascent rebellion that's growing. Although we know that the rebellion itself won't really take form, but like, (sighs) I don't know, it's a strange combination of they're, re- they're retreading all the same character arcs, like, continuing on the same ones that they didn't really resolve, while right. at the same time they're also adding some weird new components to it that sort of feel like, I'm like, oh, when did we make the change? Like, it's not abundantly clear. I don't know, it's it's a little confusing to me. Uh, what isn't confusing is that the Empire bombed the shit out of Sereno, which is extremely fucked.
0: I was gonna say they they we as we saw in the finale of season one, they love doing that. <laughs> yeah, and they
1: even bring it up, it's just like Camino. I think it's interesting because they they came in and took over Raxus, which is the capital of the separatist homeworld, mm-hmm. but or the capital of the separatist alliance. But for Sereno, something happened that the Empire, I don't know whether or not the Empire was like tried to come in and take in Sereno and Sereno was just too independent, or whether or not they were like, you know what. You guys harbored Count Dooku, so we're just going to bomb the shit out of you.
0: Yeah, I wonder, wonder if it's, it's like... Well, I wonder if it was like, maybe I, this is, I mean, I'm giving them way too much credit, but what if this is like a political move, right? To be like, uh, you know, he was essentially the leader of the separatists, So the only way to punish the separatists was to destroy his home planet slash city or whatever. And then that would placate the rest of the Republic to be, or the rest of the empire now to be like, Oh, yay. You guys did a good thing by hurting the bad people. Like, you know, it's, that's, that's it's possible.
1: It we also see an Andor that, uh, a, a better written show that the emperor, the way he governs is it's very impulsive and very like everything is geared toward making the emperor feel good about things so he won't pay attention to you. And it could be this is another one like uh like the the taking out of Anton Krieger, where it was like, no, this is just about making the emperor forget about Aldani.
0: Mm, yeah, it's possible to just
1: bomb Sereno for that reason. They do roll up in the trans... The, so the Empire rolls up in the transports from Rebels. We've seen those transports before. They were in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Uh, I love whenever Bad Batch is a prequel to Rebels. I don't really care when it's a sequel to Clone Wars, but I love when it's a prequel to Rebels. That's just me personally. Speaking of things that are kind of new, one, they put all the clones next to each other in their new armor, the Bad Batch. I do really like the new armor.
0: Yeah, yeah I-, I like the little bits of teal and orange that they have kind of like mixed in instead of the red.
1: It's more colorful. Yeah. they I can tell them apart a little bit better at a glance.
0: Um, I think that was the problem with the first kind of set of armor. It was they were too similar. And that that's fine, you know, when they're all, I guess, clones in the army. But like when they're supposed to be this ragtag group of not rebels, but like just separate, you know, for us, they need to be a little bit more standout-ish looking. So it is nice.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, it is nice for them to have some more individuality because it too, it keeps up with the theme of their their growing individuality right. uh, as they move away. And then you notice we we only see one clone trooper face, I think, which is Captain Wilco at the end of the episode. Right. So the others, they're really stripping the humanity out of them.
0: I was kind of mad about Captain Wilco too because he didn't have like a fun color. Like he was grayish. Yeah. I was like, what the hell?
1: Well, here's the interesting thing because we're going to see Cody later on in this season. That's a spoiler. It's all over the trailers. You know, Cody's going to be in this. Cody's armor is the same armor,
0: right? So So it seems like,
1: it seems like the empire has done away with the unique clone from every clone commander being able to have their own unique armor right? where we knew who was wolf. We knew who was Cody. We knew who was Rex just by looking at their armor and the Empire's doing away with that months later. They're having them. the commanders wear uniform gray, and it's continuing to strip them down to where we'll eventually get with the stormtroopers, to where you can tell when a stormtrooper is an officer, but you can't tell that they're people, they're not yeah. that individual.
0: Right. Okay, I, I feel that.
1: Uh, we do see that Dooku did an imperialism, where he was taking plundering treasure from other worlds and using it to, to fund the war effort. Uh, Which is certainly one way to balance your spreadsheets, but also bad, bad Dooku. You should not have done that. Uh, I do, I do like that that retroactively was a thing that got brought up is the separatists would pillage these worlds and use it to fund their war effort. Or at least Dooku would, because it does show, we'll have an indication later on of just how far Dooku's fallen or or, as he fell over the Mm -hmm. course of his life, going from a pretty noble dude to just a bad person who did evil things. I will note they are the Empire is still using V-Wings. We don't have TIE Fighters yet. Uh, Although the V-Wings do look a little grayer and more boring, which again, the Empire is stripping the color out of things.
0: They love doing that.
1: Also tracks with Lords of the Sith, the novel Lords of the Sith that they continue to. They're using V-Wings five years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Wilco is a completely new clone. I looked him up, he hadn't appeared in anything else before that I could find. He's not as sexy as Hauser.
0: Yeah, I was like, mm, it's like, whatever. I was like,
1: yeah, there's a clone. He's there. Uh, we do get the Imperial Klaxon that you love so much when the the V-Wings blow up. Do love that. I also want to note that the Bad Batch is still using stuns on clones. They're still using the stun blasts.
0: Okay, I was going to bring that up in the second episode, but you brought it up now, so I'll just talk about it. I
1: brought it, now. it up now because they do it now. <laughs>
0: That's fine. I hate that because it's so annoying watching this episode and the second episode where they're going. The Bad Batch is going around, you know, stunning all the clones, but then turns around and destroys a ship here that will that, that literally kills the pilot. So they're pulling in Ezra where they're just having them kill the pilots, but pilots don't matter because you don't see them die in the explosion. So that's fine. You know what I mean? But you see them getting shot. So that's totally not acceptable.
1: We'll get to it that there's some inconsistency in the second episode uh, with Wrecker and and how he chooses to use his cannon when he has it uh, that could have been explored, but wasn't. Uh, But yeah, they are still trying to use the stun blast wherever possible. And I'm like, guys, it's been months. You can just shoot them.
0: Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, when we're, you we're thought alive.
1: the clones could be, like, saved and broken out of their conditioning, it was one thing to use the stun blast. You can shoot them. It's it's okay. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of over it, too.
1: I think it says a little bit about the clones Is like, Or the the Bad Batch and their relationship to the clones that they're still not letting go of the idea that these are their brothers. We don't want to kill them. They are literally shooting at you to try to murder you.
0: Yeah. You are willing.
1: You are willing to do this in very extreme situations. It's and again, I wish we had we had time to explore these things.
0: Yeah. They don't I wish these episodes were written
1: in such a way that we could explore some of these themes, but we don't, because we're dealing with a very surface level show here. Uh, rest in peace to Dooku's office. Uh, it was a cool fucking office. It's in ruins now.
0: Well, that's what happens when you don't, you know, have someone there to clean up after you, you know?
1: Yep. All your windows get broken.
0: All, they get, um, all the windows are broken and everything.
1: I do, I do love, I love this, the, just the design of Dooku's office having been destroyed. I do think that's cool. Um, it also made me, you know, mildly sad because I really liked that office. So toward the end, we're we're coming up on the end of episode one here, and I do want to say that that my observation is that really these are our Tech Omega and Echoes episodes, and the banter between the three of them is the highlight of the episode for me. Specifically, I noted where Omega spends the entire episode basically being tutored. Right. And she gets like lambasted by Tech for like not keeping up with her studies, even in the middle of a mission. And then she turns around and when they're on the transport, it's Omega that has the idea to escape in the cargo container. And Tech is like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Like that was a nice little moment.
0: I liked it. Well, one, they set it up in the beginning, which was nice. But I also found interesting that like, They even kind of call back to it in the end of the episode. So, like, in the first bit, she essentially is the catalyst that saves them from the crabs, right? Like, she kind of is the quote-unquote backup that helps them escape for a second so that they can get out. And then, again, here, she is also... Oh, well, I was studying these things that you made me study. So now I know what kind of shit this is. And I know that we can escape if we do this or whatever, you know it. So she's proving like why she's an asset to the team, I guess, throughout this whole episode. And then we'll see, obviously, in the end of the second episode, why. That's she's wrong about how she views herself like as a burden to them. And so yeah, and I uh, think
1: something something interesting they've done with this episode that I really love. The first season really leaned really heavily on the relationship between Omega and Hunter and Omega and Wrecker. And this two episodes were so much about the relationship between Omega and Tech and the Omega and Omega and Echo. Right. And I think them slowing down, you know, there is a a flip side to that, and we'll get to it when we get to what I disliked about episode two, but them pairing those characters up really lets them shine in a way they didn't in season one. And I really love that. Of course, Count Dooku has a secret elevator that leads to a hangar. Sure. That... He can escape. I thought it was going to lead them to like some crazy Sith shrine or something. Or Dooku's private meditation chamber or something beneath his off. No, it's a secret hangar so he can get the fuck out.
0: Classic Sith move.
1: Well... So my mutual on Twitter, uh, at Liam Likes SW, did point out to me, we were discussing the the episode, and he pointed out to me that there is an episode of Clone Wars where Anakin and Obi-Wan are attempting to capture Dooku aboard a Separatist ship. And he's in like a meditation room, and when they try to capture him, he has like a secret slide <laughs> That slides him down out of this meditation room straight to the hangar so he can escape. And so Liam's point was, oh, this was a thing that Count Dooku does. He he always has some sort of escape tunnel that he can get the fuck out of any situation. I'm like, I want a secret escape tunnel where I can get the fuck out of any situation that. that I don't like
0: he's he seems like a classic gay that just has to have a always has an that, exit
1: exactly that man is an <laughs> older gay man who always yep. has his exits figured from any given situation
0: that's exactly what they were so trying to do what here. The
1: exit is? well that was the end of my uh my notes on episode one bradley did you have anything on episode one you really wanted to go over
0: um no that's pretty much it i i i didn't really like how they ended the episode on a quote cliffhanger yeah I was like it, what
1: it makes me feel like these were not written to be 13 weeks that it was yeah. written to. it was written to be uh it was written to be 16 weeks
0: yeah it was weird because well okay here's my thing about the cliffhanger i hate when you do this with our main characters because in what reality are three of our main characters in a trapped in a container that's falling from the sky and they're like oh no they're gonna die like they're they're clearly not gonna die like there's there's no stakes here like i just i genuinely was like there's nothing here that can happen that i'm like gonna be surprised about
1: that it's like no this kid show for children is not going to immediately kill three of the main characters at the start of its second season right. i didn't yeah i didn't like it cuz it felt like like a cliffhanger that should have gone for a week. And then they were like, oh, here's another episode. Because yeah. rather like any serialized... Kid show, the cliffhanger is immediately resolved right into the second episode. I think we're doing good on time, Bradley. You want to make this one extra long episode and just plow through the rest of it?
0: Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. However, you know what will never end you on a cliffhanger, Bradley? The anchor advertisement that's going to play before we start episode two. The anchor advertisement will not leave you on a cliffhanger at the end of it. It will leave you narratively satisfied from beginning to end.
0: <laughs> Welcome back from the ad break. I don't know why Charles thinks that he has to mention Anchor every single time we have to lead into an ad break where he, we know where the ad break's going. I don't
1: normally get to. I don't normally get to. We just we do the episode and then you drop it in a part one and part two in the drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so that's where Bradley decided to cut it and put whatever Anchor ad he's running this week.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I just find a natural like stopping point for the first half of the episode and I'll just put that's where I'll put the ad. However, I never get, get to make products great.
1: and services that support this podcast Jokes. I had to take my chance to mention the <laughs> products and services support this podcast, which is just Anchor, although right. we are available for sponsorship. If
0: I was going to say, I wish we could have like a really fun one where, I mean, I'm not going to say names, but I, I wish we could be like, oh yeah, you guys should totally buy this fun sock Company or this great phone case company or this whatever bullshit that we're trying if, to peddle to you, um, any, which I you we know, believe in, of course, one hundred percent.
1: We we one hundred percent believe in whatever product uh, uh, wants 100%. to pay us money.
0: Absolutely, I will do YouTube videos with it. Uh, will, I don't care. I shit. I'll make TikToks with your stupid phone case. I'll be like, guys, I just did my own fucking phone case. It's great, like or whatever. You know, I'm just making up a dumb. I thing, I, but,
1: I, will, I will personally. I'm I'm a a whore i'm a capitalist whore if you yeah. pay me i will i will gladly sacrifice my principles for money although we i do it be every day specific. i do it every day when i go to work for a financial institution
0: yeah i mean I'm, I'm willing to sell my soul and be like this episode is brought to you by jungle juice the <laughs> only thing that's gonna get some pep in your step uh, on the dance floor. I don't know, something like that.
1: This episode of Gold Squadron Gaze is sponsored (laughs) by the concept of a mimosa. The concept of a mimosa. The only thing that will get you out of bed on a Sunday morning. I'm going to hell.
0: So, episode two. um...
1: Episode two. You want to do one thing we liked and one thing we didn't about episode two?
0: Yeah. uh, First of all, episode two. uh, Ruins of War. The Batch must decide who to trust as they plan their escape uh, yes, please, Charles, tell me one thing you liked about this episode and one thing you did.
1: Uh- I really, really liked the ending confrontation scene overall. Uh, I thought it, it was a lot smaller scale and a lot quieter with just a couple of clones. But because of that, it felt more tense. Like there's a tendency of the show to do action scenes where bigger equals better. But the bit where Tech is fighting like a couple, just a couple of clone troopers off by himself, the way it's shot and the way that the stakes are set up and the way it's lit makes it so fucking tense. Yeah, But I was like, this is some of the best action the show has done as just two guys shooting at each other. And like, we'll get to it when we get to it, but I absolutely loved that. Uh, One thing I didn't like, so... I mentioned how this is really Tech and Echo and Omega's episode. Yeah, the episode has no fucking idea what to do with Hunter and and Wrecker.
0: It basically
1: just sends them off. Like, you'll see, basically none of my notes are about them because it just sends them off to run around get chased by clone troopers, mess with tanks. Neither of the characters goes through any growth. Neither of the characters learns anything new. Neither of the characters has any interaction with each other that's particularly deep or meaningful. They're just kind of moved around so that we can leave Tech and Echo and Omega by themselves which honestly if it were me and i was writing this episode i would have cut the whole hunter and omega and uh wrecker thing entirely and i would have had them just like when they escaped from the castle i would have had us have no idea what happened to them
0: you're right they should have just showed up at the marauder like they've been they like should have oh we're here like yeah the marauder yeah. is
1: it trite yes but it gives us more time to spend with tech and omega and echo which yeah. is all the really interesting stuff in this episode what about you bradley one thing you liked and one thing you did not
0: i mean i basically have the same thing like i I agree i think that the hunter wrecker storyline was moot point like you could have taken all their scenes and cut them together in a slightly longer scene and then been like it was it has the same effect as if it was like interdispersed throughout the episode i think the only reason they did that was just to semi break up the team omega stuff like it was just weird why it was even there uh and then i really liked though uh just rampart being sassy at the end he's my you know i think he's my new fave i kind of i kind of live for him you know he was great
1: well well yeah we'll get to uh we'll get to rampart when we we get to rampart yeah Uh, but i also i quite enjoyed him in this episode Mm -hmm. i do love the opening shot of episode two where it opens on the the castle and you know it slowly pans up and and the kid crates are coming down out of the sky
0: free falling out of the sky
1: (laughs) it's a beautiful shot look the animation in season two is fucking phenomenal
0: yeah i'll give it the
1: like it's so good um i also like echo like going out of his way to protect omega during the crash i thought that was very very cool um i also like that tech gets his fucking leg broken in it now the severity of this break seems to to fluctuate from scene to scene uh sometimes he only needs a minor bit of support sometimes he um sometimes he can barely
0: walk like sometimes he just collapsed from exhaustion sometimes <laughs> he just collapses
1: and i'm like you're like ah, what the hell yeah decide how injured he's supposed to be yeah it's
0: i i don't know i don't want to say this was Get this episode was given to the interns but like you know almost...
1: i i hate that i hate that phrase
0: i know but
1: i really do i it, for me it more seems like this episode could have used Maybe one or two more drafts.
0: You know what? That's a better way to put it. I that's I think a better way to put it. This seems it, like it's a an very episode that was... first or second draft. Like it yeah. doesn't seem like yeah.
1: Like it's competently written, but it needed another draft or two to iron out some of these kinks. And like two, part of it's the animation thing of sometimes he's animated as is walking basically okay if he's being supported. And sometimes he's walking like he can't even put pressure on his leg, which would be the more accurate. Uh, but I do like they gave him an injury because that's gonna increase the narrative tension. We also don't see our heroes get injured very often, especially no, yeah. in an animated show like this. They're being tossed around, uh, things that would like normally break somebody's back. They're just sort of doing these landings that but so it was really great to see somebody get injured. It's just it was wildly inconsistent on how injured tech actually is. We have an introduction we have an introduction of a new character for this episode. Um uh, they tech and echo and omega are discovered by a survivor of the bombardment named Romar Adele. Do you want to tell us? a little about who's playing Romar Adele.
0: Absolutely. Uh, he is being played by Hector Elizondo. That, we apologize I right? about these names. I'm, hopefully I said that right. Elizondo,
1: um, I think, is how you say it.
0: Elizondo. Yeah, that Once sounds again, right.
1: Once again, we we are extremely sorry about um, our pronunciation of all names. We, we can't of pronounce any of them.
0: Um, I know him best from uh, The Princess Diaries. He plays Joe, the security guard, um, and he has also done voice work for Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend Cora which we did say we would look out for that stuff um and yep. he was one one shitong the owl spirit of knowledge in both shows so i thought that was nice fun that he kind of comes in this um one because we did say let's look out for avatar Korra stuff because that's we correct. thought that was that was something that might come up and it sure as shit did in the second episode so there you go
1: uh he was also in the lego batman movie as the voice of jim gordon um i'm just scrolling through the man has let's see 159 acting credits right so he's one of those that's just been
0: he's, he's been
1: in a lot of things you remember watching as a kid let's put it that way He was and a lot of things that you remember watching as a kid. If you are around my age, he was also in Pretty Woman as Barney Thompson. You know, so maybe cool. they
0: should have done more of a Pretty Woman plotline for this episode because <laughs> that would have been that would have been a better story. Obviously, the Bad than... Batch
1: gets wrapped up in a Pretty Woman storyline.
0: I mean, why not? Like, and at this point, isn't also. Pretty Woman is now under the or actually is has always been under the Disney label because I think it was produced by Buena Vista or something. So I'm pretty
1: sure, Bradley. That the pretty Woman might, is a Disney movie. <laughs> there might be some issues reconciling the plot of Pretty Woman with the fact that this show is literally for children.
0: Hmm, I disagree. <laughs> I feel like they just are I don't not know. brave enough to do it yet.
1: I Look, I saw <laughs> the Zygeria art in Clone Wars. I know what they're prepared to do do
0: yeah come on you can't do a pretty woman arc but you can do a bunch of other like a little more intensive things in clone wars come on
1: there is a they so they have a conversation with romar at his like hut thing and Mm -hmm. uh he talks about how no it wasn't just other worlds that dooku plundered that he he sort of started right in sereno which is really heartbreaking and interesting because we see that in dooku jedi lost by kevin scott the reason dooku leaves the order is because basically because he cares a lot about Sereno and he wants to make life better for the people of Sereno. So for him to eventually be lured down to the dark side and turn around and exploit them, that's an interesting arc for the character to go on.
0: Yeah, because especially since we just saw in Tales of the Jedi, he literally spent a whole entire episode uh, trying to prevent a a rogue senator from doing the exact same thing to his own people. And he was about to kill him for it. So... It's very interesting that he turned around and did the same fucking thing to his own people.
1: Yep. Gezi, not into the abyss or whatever. Or he who fights monsters is the better better term, I think. He who yeah, fights yeah. monsters is destined to become one, there which is. Go. Dooku has gotten so much more interesting development over the past couple of years. He's a really fascinating character in terms of where political idealism can go wrong. And I think it's interesting to compare him to a character like Padme or Mon Mothma or Bail Organa. Uh, I've been. I've I've been talking a lot about Mon Mothma recently uh, for reasons I'm not sure I can announce yet. Uh, But maybe by the time this episode comes out, people will know why. Mm. But I think it's interesting to compare him with other political figures in the Star Wars universe on that front. And just like, how did his political idealism end up leading him down a very, very dark, dark path? I like how Echo continues to talk to Omega in soldier terms. Just stick to the mission. Your (laughs) mission, your mission is to do this. And so she goes and does it. Uh, I do like that. But it actually continues on to the next little scene where she goes down and she finds this toy and she's like, oh, are there jewels? inside it and the dude's like no it's glass it's a toy do you know what a toy is
0: yeah he's like have you never played with toys kid no No, she she has not (laughs) yeah it's very interesting
1: omegas never had a childhood yeah She grew up with Nala say in her lab. And when she joined up with the Bad Batch, they've obviously not been able to give her a normal childhood. So her first thought with this thing isn't, oh, it's a toy. It's oh, it's part of the mission, which I think is incredibly heartbreaking. I think it's interesting. There's a there's a a nice little moment with tech where the guy's basically like, I have a hard drive full of like part of a library or something of my people's stuff. And tech is like, oh, it's a separatist archive. He's like, dude, this was a planet before this separatists happen
0: yeah he's think like we can have our own history and stuff before the war
1: <laughs> tech never thought of the separatists as people
0: well yeah because he wasn't born before the war started so
1: <laughs> well they're just the enemy they're just yeah. the guy that he's conditioned to fight and i really love that they gave him this little moment of realizing oh the Serenians are are actually people with a culture.
0: Yeah, let me help you out by fixing your little space thing. cube thing. Yeah. <laughs> which is cool.
1: It's a great moment. Tech has yeah. the best stuff in these these two episodes. Like these are tech episodes, which there weren't really in season one.
0: And I don't know if that's just a note that they took from the first season. Like maybe there's some criticism there of like, you know, we didn't really focus too much on tech and Echo that much in the previous season. That You know, they got the one episode for uh Echo, but other than that, it was kind of like, like, they're, they're, they're essentially relegated to side characters mm-hmm. in the first season. And and in this one, it looks like at least they're trying to make all of the characters kind of have their moments in the show, right. which is nice.
1: Wrecker's back to being comic relief again, but, like, Wrecker's really good at being comic relief. You, you don't yeah. have to do a whole lot with Wrecker. Even Hunter gets his little moments at the beginning of episode one where he, we see that, you know, where he's at. Speaking of Wrecker and Hunter, uh, yeah, I want to bring up the canon thing. So Wrecker gets a canon... <laughs> Cannon, like a okay. hand cannon and is wildly inconsistent about where he's using it like at one point he uses it to take down a fighter and it crashes and kills the pilot but then like right. he's shooting it at the clones like they're shooting stun blasts and fucking like these missile like things, yeah, blasts it, that it he's shooting Makes no and sense. then like later on we'll see that oh no he's actually shooting like the walls of the past to try to block the clones off non-lethally but like one of the clones would have been crushed if they hadn't grabbed it's like it's not 100% sure whether or not it just wants Rucker to go crazy Rucker to go crazy with this or whether or not it's um, like oh he's being very careful and methodical
0: but that's my my issue with this and the same thing I had my problem was with rebels essentially which was you know it's okay to kill people as long as they're flying a plane or something because we don't have to see them explode into nothingness like that you don't see the death so I guess here it's like Okay, it's okay if I accidentally kill them by falling rubble, or accidentally kill them by you know shooting them with a laser. Like I don't know, it does. It's uh. well, it's, it's
1: the inconsistency for me because yeah. I think it's always morally acceptable to shoot fascists. Uh, I think that's good and correct, and you should do that. So, like, the rebels, like, shooting stormtroopers, when they are established to be perfectly fine with shooting stormtroopers, it is really funny when a 15-year-old kid is doing it, because (laughs) it is like, how many people is this child murdering? (laughs) But they uh, are fascists, so it is morally acceptable to kill them. The thing is that the, the Bad Batch is inconsistent about when the Bad Batch specifically will injure clones right i liked that the first season they kind of had the stun blast except when omega was in danger on baraka that they switched to the regular blaster bolts however in this season it's inconsistent in that sometimes they're using the stun bolts and then sometimes wrecker is blowing them up with a cannon and well yeah and then
0: even omega with her bow like does her is her energy bow lethal or can she turn it down so that it's not lethal like you know what i mean like what what's that use It feels like like...
1: they're trying too hard with this particular aspect of the the design and the strategy. And I don't know if it's really working to convey the message that I think the designer the directors want it to uh, want it to convey. So tech. Tech is a fucking badass apparently.
0: He, has, he holds his own a little bit in this He's episode.
1: broken legs stuck behind a tree. He like beats a dude to death or beats him and takes his gun and shoots him. Like, <laughs> sir, where did this come from?
0: You know what? Season 2 said, you need to do more, sir. You're not doing enough by just fixing ships and uh, plotting courses and things. So not they have you them do it?
1: all the things? <laughs> What's well, easy to forget that Tech gets put into combat for a reason. Tech yeah, is a very formidable to, fighter.
0: He has to which they do think they forget that a lot of the time where it's like all of these guys should be proficient in combat because they are soldiers still just because he's a smart soldier doesn't mean he's has to not he's a be soldier. good at fighting yeah
1: yeah so i really love that i loved i love the whole fight on the cliff thing i love the how tense it was i love mm. the choreography using the tree because it, there's a movie i really love oh free fire i think is the name of the movie brie larson's in it okay. uh and it is an hour and a half It's an hour and a half movie it is nothing but a shootout in like an abandoned warehouse that's it that's the movie okay. because <laughs> Okay. there's the initial it's it's basically this. several groups come together for a weapons deal uh the deal goes south everybody pulls guns and they start shooting at each other and after the initial volley of of shots the entire rest of the movie is everybody's like in cover like it becomes a game of like moving from cover to cover trying to avoid getting shot you're trying to talk to everybody you're trying to work out alliances You're making deals, all of this. And like, it's really interesting. I like it when shootout scenes like this realize that it isn't just like two guys standing there shooting at each other. Like there's movement and hiding and strategizing and all of that. And Tech does feel like he's doing that in this scene where he's behind the tree. He can't do his normal jumping around like a badass thing because his leg is broken, which is why I love they broke his leg. His leg is broken. He can't just jump around like a badass. He has to be really strategic and really careful. And I think that almost makes the scene more intense than any of the just let's shoot a thing with a cannon action scenes in the rest of the episode. And I do still like the action.
0: I, I Well, I like what they do because they, they essentially tied his arm behind his back, right? But then, or his leg, I guess, in this situation. Um, But also, he's also got his one arm tied behind the back anyway, because they have to do the whole non-lethal bullshit thing too, right? So it's kind of like he's double, like not allowed to be <laughs> proficient, but he also is at the same time it's really interesting how he's navigating this uh problem that he's having um but then turns around and takes out a gunship with a (laughs) cannon so i'm like i don't know like i
1: mean it is it is still the bad batch
0: i know it is still
1: the bad batch um we get a lovely little scene with omega kind of being the heart of the team again on the marauder and echoes like mm-hmm. oh you know if we hadn't come back for you we'd be working for the empire you changed our lives very we love you you're our child our yeah. adoptive child that we you're have. our adoptive child
0: I, even though you're our technically older sister
1: you're so. our older
0: sister yeah <laughs> yeah you're like you're our younger but born before a sister who we adopted as our daughter
1: <laughs> okay let's talk about the rampart scene yes uh, please so, oh my god so question question one um What the fuck did Crosshair put in his Camino report?
0: So I was under the impression that... Uh, cat or uh, not Captain Milka, uh, Rampart doesn't think that even Crosshair is alive.
1: Well, we know Crosshair's back with the Empire because we see no, oh, we don't. oh I wonder if that's going to be the next episode.
0: Well, that's what I was thinking. Because, I wonder if they never
1: went back for Crosshair,
0: right? Because they told Crosshair at the end of the first season, they're like, the Empire left you for dead, dude. Like, they were blowing up Camino because they thought you were in there.
1: Well, we presumably like scout ships were going to come and pick him up. What if they never picked him up?
0: Well, that's what I'm thinking maybe happened. Like, I think maybe Crosshair is getting- just kind of rogue right now.
1: You might have been completely right in saying that the solitary clone refers to Crosshair. If we're going to have an episode of Castaway with Crosshair on Kamino.
0: Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, we don't know. Like, obviously, I don't know. But
1: oh, that would be so good. They're not going to do it because it'd be good. But that'd be so good.
0: Right. I mean, as far as we know, like, well, well, let's just ignore the Crosshair stuff for now because we don't really know. We're just speculating at this point. But we do know that Rampart knows that Clone Force 99 is quote unquote dead because they blew up. Kamino so as far as he knows at least they are dead um but now he knows that they're not so that's annoying because he's like I'm hiding this from the Emperor because I don't want her hiding this from Tarkin because he's Tarkin. like Tarkin
1: he's hiding it from Tarkin because yeah, Tarkin he's like I don't want him to be murdering. mean to me <laughs> I, I also love how how Rampart apparently while we were on break from the Bad Batch Rampart watched Andor and specifically watched the ISB scenes in Andor and was like oh that's how I'm supposed to be doing it. Okay, no, I get this. I'll just I'll just shoot the guy and falsify the report. It's fine. Oh, no, it
0: was great. Actually, I really liked how he did it too because he was just like, ooh, sorry. Like, this is just going to happen. And then he just straight up shoots him and he's just like, and he just falls over the edge. But then then now I'm wondering, like, what are the rest of the clone troopers going to be like? Hmm, whatever happened to the captain? I don't know. Like, they just told us to leave.
1: He tripped and fell down the <laughs> stairs. I don't know. Uh, I also love, somebody pointed out to me and I went back. And I, I made a note of it because it is it 100% accurate. Uh, Rampart looks directly at the camera in the, the final shot. He kind of looks left, he looks right, and then he looks directly at the camera. It's really creepy. It's so unsettling. All right, that's all my notes.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's really not much more there's to this season I, or for the show because episodes. they didn't really set up anything other than the fact that Rampart knows that they're alive. Like, I really don't know what else like they've set up other than like, oh, now he's like, I got to take them out. Like, that's really all they're setting up, which is the same plot of the first season that they had to take them out. Like, so I don't really know what the show is trying to do here because they haven't set up the second season arc of whatever that may be. Like
1: if you showed me these two episodes and asked me to guess where they were in the season, I would have put them at uh, one third or two thirds of the way through. Yeah. I would not have called them a season premiere. They're fine episodes. They have some really good stuff with tech and echo uh, and Omega. There's some fantastic action. But it it lacks the punch of something like aftermath or the Baraka art or uh, the Camino art in the first season. It really, as two episodes, they're good. As a season opener, I feel like we're opening on a bit of a weak foot.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this my I guess my final thoughts are I hope that this season picks up the pace next week because otherwise you're gonna lose people because it, it, this episode didn't really or these first two episodes together didn't really punch us like enough like I felt like it, it was like a soft like tap it was kind of like okay you know they're back to their old shenanigans kind of thing like I, I needed them to do something significant to push the show forward the plot forward because it just did not do it for me and I'm hoping episode three or Episode four, like we're really starting to pick up the pace, but I'm worried that, you know, we're not really going to get any of that good, good plot until the next double episode, because I feel like those are when supposedly... The plot is amazing because, you know, they're, it's going on to the next episode because you need another one right away.
1: Yeah, and my final thoughts are kind of, I mean, everything that I basically said, it's it's a good series of episodes and has a lot of good moments. And I loved being back on Sereno and seeing what happened to Sereno after the Clone Wars. But as far as the season opener, it, it kind of was kind of a wet squelch of a foot forward you know, into the season. Uh, I know that cool stuff is coming because I've seen the trailer. I know Gunji's coming. I know Palpatine is coming. I know Cody is coming. Uh, But there's only so long you can sustain me on the promise of, uh, it will get good eventually. And hopefully it gets good sooner rather than later. You know, the next episode or two could really kick it up and be really good. But compared to like the first season where we opened with Aftermath and then we were right into the really emotional Cut Queen episode and we didn't slow down till episode three. And episode three decided to get really dark and like it was continuing. It did a good job of hooking us in. This season, the opener kind of assumes that you're coming off the back of the first season. And it does make it a little weak for me. I would have liked to see more of the consequences of Camino. I would like to see a bit of a world state change, um just moving on down the line. Uh but we'll see. We'll see where the season goes. I don't want to sound like, you know, I hated this episode. I didn't. I thought it was, you know, good. Uh there just wasn't much there. Right. Uh, it's is a bit like like a sandwich to me. Like, just a sandwich I made myself for lunch with ham and cheese and, and all that on it. I mean, it's a good sandwich, but, you know, it's it's not really, like, a meal that I would use to start or end my day. So, alrighty, well, next week we'll be doing more Bad Batch. Uh, I guess we don't really have to talk about that. Um, I forgot, how do we end a show when we're covering something that's not and or? Uh, do we just run the socials? I think we just run the socials. Bradley, run the socials. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron
0: Gays did Charles fuck something up send us a message at gold squadron at gmail.com follow us on twitter at gold squad gaze follow us on instagram and tiktok at gold squadron gaze subscribe to us on youtube at gold squadron gaze where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content please join us next week and every week for more of gold squadron gaze I think you've been watching a little too much ratatouille lately why, <laughs> why did you
1: default what ratatouille really that's the
0: only frenchman you know come on
1: that is true that is that is the only <laughs> the only french movie i can think of off the top of my head it's the
0: only one i can think of for sure